Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. God bless you. You may be seated. Welcome, all locations. It's just so great to be with you, even those of you who are joining us at home. It's always a privilege to be here at Radiant. I tell Pastor Aaron, I want to come in the winter, not in the summer. (laughs) No, it's always great to be with you. Hey, listen, once again, if you haven't already done so, pull out your Radiant app, turn to the notes. We have a lot that we're going to cover today. I personally have been enjoying the Psalms 23 series as well. I watch you every Monday. Um, On my day off, I watch Radiant, uh, and I have loved this series. Looking forward to today. I believe today that some of you are here by divine appointment. If you are a guest today, welcome. But I want to encourage you to come back when Pastor Aaron and Katie are in the house. You will absolutely love them. But I believe that someone here is here by divine appointment. And so uh, as we've been doing every week, Open up your app, Psalm 23. We're going to read that together as we get started today. The Lord, just read it with me out loud. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil For you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Could you give Jesus praise for that? Amen. Don't you love God's word? Well, last week, our our different pastors in the different locations covered the topic last week of um, going down the right path. But we're going to look at verse 4. Look at it with me once again. And as I say to my church in, in the Detroit area, read the Bible slow. Look at verse 4. This is what we're covering today. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valley. Can we stop there just for a moment? If you're going through a dark, if you're going, if you're in a dark place right now, don't stop. Okay. Just keep going. Okay. Maybe you've heard the expression, you know, I'm going through hell. Well, if you're going through hell, just don't stop. Just keep going through. Okay. Right. And, and notice he says, I walk through the darkest valley. You should be walking. Don't try to run. I know that, you know that when you're afraid, when you're uneasy, you just are in a hurry to get it over with and get out of there. Can I tell you, if you run in the dark, you're going to get hurt. Right? Walk. It's a time to walk. There's a time to walk. There's a time to run. When you're going through a dark season in your life, it, don't be anxious to get out of it so much that you end up hurting yourself in the process. Walk through the darkest valley. And why? I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. You're with me. When we know he is with us, we no longer need to be afraid. Now, listen, um, this Tuesday, my wife and I will be celebrating our 36th anniversary. (laughs) I'm lucky she's uh, going to get a big reward. But anyway, uh, 
And, and we now have three grandchildren. We just had our third grandchild a month ago. So we are so, so in love and, and so excited. But uh, I love taking my grandbabies to uh, scary rides because <laughs> Papa loves scary rides. And, and you know, on the big scary rides, they always take your picture on the ride somewhere, you know. And, and all the pictures are the same. You see Papa going, <laughs> and all the grandbabies going, and I love it because they hug me during those rides. Why? Because they, in their fear, they want to be with someone that they feel like will make them safe, right? Isn't it good to know that the Lord is always with us, especially during the dark times? He says, I'm not going to be afraid because you're with me, and you, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So today, today our title of our message is, In a Dark Place. In a dark place. And all of us have been there. All of us will be there again. And some of us may even be there now. In fact, to be honest with you, all of us are kind of in a dark place right now, right? I mean, this is a strange day we're in. Can you say amen to that? I mean, I, I flew here yesterday. I was in the airport in the middle of the day, and there was more workers than there were people flying. I mean, it was weird. It was like, I, I've never been a sci-fi fan. Okay, all of you who love sci-fi movies, God bless you. But I just am not into it. I feel like I'm living in a sci-fi movie. It's just crazy. And, and, it's, and you can't determine what's truth and what's not, what's opinion, what's, you know, and, 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 and what's true today may not be true tomorrow and tomorrow. May, I mean, it's just a really dark season. And, and, and well, you know, they say that, a picture is worth a thousand words. For those of you who don't know what a dark valley is, I got a picture to help you this morning. This is what a dark valley, <laughs> poor Chihuahua is praying, praying, dear God, don't leave me nor forsake me, right? <laughs> this is a, a dark place. But, but listen, I don't know if you've ever thought about it before, but I'm so grateful that I am not fully in charge of writing my own story. Now, true, truth of the matter is you, are, you have a lot to play. Your decisions will determine your destiny. We understand that. But how many of you realize you really don't have the ability to sit down and go, I'm going to write out my whole story? If you did, if you stop and think about it, it would be a very boring story. Because you would always have every day is sunny. You, you, you know, everybody's just going to hand you money. You're, you're always going to be on vacation. Everything that you want will always instantly happen. It would be the most boring book ever written. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not a moviegoer, but I, I know this. The best movies are the ones that have the greatest conflict. Wow. Right. right? I mean, there, there's certain movies I love. I, I'm, I'm a Rocky fan. I, I just love Rocky. Come on, do I have any Rocky fans in the house? Come on. I mean, come on. I mean, the guy is against all odds, right? I love, I love like Rudy. Isn't Rudy a great movie? I mean, just not, and there's no way he's going to make the team, right? Or even Remember the Titans. That's another one of my absolute favorite. Come on, give it up for Remember the Titans. I mean, but what makes these stories so great? It's because there's great conflict. There's great adversity. There's great difficulty. And I'm so glad that God is a better author than any of us. Truth really is more crazy than fiction. God is the best author out there, and he's writing the story of your life right now. 
And it's going to include conflict. Because the greater the conflict, the greater the joy of the victory and the greater the glory that he receives. And that's what our life is about, right? Bringing glory and honor to the Lord. You realize you wouldn't even know David's name if it wasn't for Goliath. Right? I mean, and, and by the way, can I, I want to remind you that the safest place for David that day that he killed Goliath was right there in front of Goliath because that was God's plan for him and God was with him. The safest place for you to be is where God wants you to be. And as we start our message this morning, in, in your notes, your first feeling is this. I'm so glad that God is not the great cowboy that drives the cattle, but he is the great shepherd that leads his sheep. Completely different, right? And in fact, the area pastors last week reminded us in Deuteronomy chapter 31 that the Lord himself, watch this, goes before you and will be with you. Read the Bible slower. How can he go before us and be with us? I can't do that. I can't go before you and be with you at the same time, but God can. And isn't it good to know that God is already in your future? He already knows what's going to happen tomorrow, and he's already set you up for success for tomorrow. He goes before you as a good shepherd to make sure that he goes into the darkness before he brings you in. He goes into the darkness to make sure that everything's going to be in place for your success, and then he comes and brings you with him. And he says, I will never leave them or forsake them. In fact, I... I actually love the King James version of this verse because the King James, and many of you are familiar with it, it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I love that because have you ever thought about it? You can't have a shadow unless there's a source of light. The very fact that there is a shadow proves that he's with you. Amen? He's with you. He will be with you. He will never leave you. But I find it fascinating how when we read the Bible, when we read the Bible, we, we subconsciously read it and end up misinterpreting even some of the most famous passages, such as Psalms 37, verse 23. We all know it. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and he delights in his way. Well, our, subliminally, those steps in our mind are always to better territory. They're always up. They're never down. They always have promotion, not demotion, right? They're always raises, not fires, right? I mean, it isn't amazing, but, but can I remind you that the steps of a good man are ordered to the Lord, and sometimes they will actually take you places you don't want to go. In fact, in your notes, I said it this way, often God leads us to places we don't want to go so that he can get us to where he wants us to be. Kind of reminds me of this church. You know, the mission of Radiant is that. It's to move people from where they are to where God wants them to be. And there's many ministries that are set up to help you do that. In fact, we actually call one of them Next Step. Next Step is the first step that, you, that we, we put together to help you get to, from where you are to where God actually wants you to be. I don't know if you've ever thought about it before, but let's take Peep here. Aaron, dear Jesus, pray for that boy. Peep is not a good name for a sheep. That's little Bo Peep, 
lost her sheep. And then, but anyway, but Peep will keep his name the same. Peep here. If, if, Peep, if, if this platform represented a mountaintop and that drum cage represented a higher mountaintop, that little Bo Peep here, a little Peep wants to get to, how is Peep, the sheep, going to get from one mountaintop to a higher mountaintop? Well, Peep does not have wings to fly. Right? In order for him to get from one mountain to another, he has to first go through a, say it? You can't go from one mountaintop to another without going through a valley of darkness. It's impossible. And, and we need to understand those things. Otherwise, we miss out from going to where God wants us to be. Listen, Jesus, in the end of Matthew chapter 3, we see the story where Jesus is baptized in the Jordan. When he comes up, the Holy Spirit comes upon him in the form of a dove. And the very first thing in chapter 4, verse 1, we see the very first place the Holy Spirit takes him is to a desert. It says that in verse 1, it says that then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The very first place was to a wilderness to be tempted by Satan. God will take you places that you don't understand or don't want to be. See, we all want to live on the mountaintops. But can I remind you that even mountaintops have this line called the timber line. Wow. Where when you get so high, the air is so uh, uh, lacking oxygen and the air is so cold and the rain is so thin and the wind is so hard that vegetation will not grow above that line. Wow. See, we want to live there, but listen, I put it this way in your notes. Mountains are beautiful, but valleys are fruitful. Valleys are where the settlements and the nutrients and the minerals and the fertilization from the mountainsides, when, when the snow begins to melt and the, and the rainfall brings all of the vegetation down, uh, all the minerals down. And it's in the valleys of your life that you actually grow. You don't grow in mountaintop experiences. You grow in the valleys. But why, are, why don't we like valleys? We hate valleys. The natural man hates valleys. Why is that? Because valleys are dark. And dark represents the unknown. We don't like the unknown. We're afraid of the dark. I remember even as a child, and if you have a child, you probably have this issue right now. In, in the middle of the night, I'd wake up. I would be scared. What would I do? I would go run and crawl in bed with mom and dad, right? And I remember my dad, I was only about three or four, but I remember it to this day. Um, my dad, he, he stood me up one morning. He said, boy, that's the last time you're crawling in bed. I didn't sleep. Don't you ever crawl in my bed again. And I was more afraid of my dad than I was of the dark. So the next night when I was afraid, I went and crawled in their room. But I didn't get in the bed. I laid on the side of the bed on mama's side. <laughs> but, but see... But when you're afraid, we're afraid because we really don't understand what's going on. In fact, when you see someone who, who's just kind of like clueless, we even use the expression, they're just completely in the, right? They're in the dark. They don't understand what's going on. And because of that, uh, not understanding what's going on, 
often it's in the valleys of our life when we're confused and we're disoriented that we can even behave out of normal. Have you ever noticed that like in the last couple of months? Have you noticed that people who are not normally very kind and very considerate and so forth, the, 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 the pressure of the day, the, the uncertainty, the confusion, the darkness that we're all kind of walking through together can actually cause us to behave in a way that we normally wouldn't behave. Instead of being kind, we can be sharp. Instead of being understanding, we can be judgmental toward one another. And here's what I've learned is that myself, when I'm in a dark time, I need to be very careful. Because, well, in your notes, I put it this way. It's in the dark valleys where we make most of our mistakes. I, I know good Christian leaders that in a dark valley of their life, didn't behave like they normally would and made decisions that were horrible decisions that destroyed their life, their family, their ministries. And, and, and we need to be careful in these dark times. In fact, when I'm in a dark place, when I'm depressed, I'm discouraged, whatever, the, whatever adjective you want to add to it, I have a tendency of even staying away from people because I don't want to hurt them. Does that make sense? I, 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 I go, you know what? I don't need to be around anybody right now because, mm. and, and can I tell you where we're most vulnerable is at home with our spouse, with our children. We got to be careful during those times not to make those mistakes. But I want you to understand this morning that we have a tendency of running from the dark because we do not recognize the value of it in our own development and growth. When I look back over my life, I see that the times that I grew the most were during those difficult times. In fact, some of you may not even understand this, but there was a day before we had this thing right here, and you could take thousands of pictures and it wouldn't cost you a penny. See, in my day, whenever I was a kid, you would buy a roll of 12 pictures, put it in your pic, and you were very selective on how you were going to take those 12 pictures. And whenever you took them, you took the, the film out of the case, and you took it to the developer, and he would have to take it into what is called a dark room. At least you know about it, or some of you are my age out there. <laughs> right? You would have to take the film into a dark room in order for it to be developed. So listen, what I'm trying to say to you is a dark place is not a bad place. A dark place is actually a time for you to grow. Paul said in Corinthians, he said that God is doing something in us, and he's taking us from glory to glory. That's how he says. He says we're moving from glory to glory. We like to say it around this, uh, around this place this way. The best is yet to come, right? We even sang it a while ago. The best, God is wanting to take us from glory to glory. But in between those mountains of glory are going to be moments of darkness, and I want to ask you a question. When you're in the dark, what is the thing that you need the most? A light. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's the thing that you need the most is a light. And can I remind you that today, listen, don't listen to other people who are in the dark trying to figure out your way. Turn off some social media. Eliminate the amount of news that you're listening to. It's confusion being heaped upon confusion being heaped upon confusion. Can I tell you, can I remind you that he said, my word is a lamp unto my feet 
and a light into my pathway. This is a time for us. Listen, all times, but especially in the dark times. It's a time for us to get in God's word and allow him to speak to us and to lead us and to guide us to where he wants us to go. Can you say amen to that? Now, here's the big aha I want you to catch this morning, though. I've come to Detroit to tell you this. I want to challenge you to shift your thinking. Because in the natural, when we're in a dark place, when we're in a dark season of our life, when when we're in a dark place in our marriage, I've been there before too. When I've been in a dark place with my children or my finances or my health, when you're in a dark place, we have a tendency of wanting to just find a way out. I I just want to get this over. In fact, many times we'll even make foolish decisions like, you know, just throw the relationship completely away or, or, or quit the job or whatever right before that next promotion. L- listen, we, we have a tendency of all we want to do is, is move out, get out of that darkness. I put it this way in your notes. When you're in the dark, we have a tendency of wanting to find our way out of the dark when we should be finding God in the dark. See, it's in the dark places that God is really wanting to reveal himself to you. And not only reveal himself to you, but he's wanting to reveal yourself to yourself. See, here's what I know about in the dark places. See, in the dark places, we can no longer rely upon our natural senses. And instead, we have to rely upon the Lord. When I can no longer see because there's no light in the room. When I, when I can't hear, when I can no longer l- lean upon my senses, I find that often that's the time when I can be most sensitive to hearing what Holy Spirit is wanting to say and, and letting God guide and direct my footsteps. The Proverbs writer put it this way. You know it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your, say it, own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him, and he will then direct your paths. Isn't that awesome? Don't you love God's word? But here's what I also have learned, and that is this. Most of the time, we can't enjoy peace about a situation until we first understand it. So here's what I mean. My, my, my first child, Ashley, when she was born, she was born with a very rare disease called Hirschsprung's disease. My, my wife and I were young. We were about 23 years old. And uh, we were very young, having our first child. And we bring her home from the hospital. And instead of gaining weight and growing, she is losing weight and literally dying. Everybody is coming out of the woodwork, giving us advice on how to, you know, we're doing this wrong, and she's just colicky, and blah, 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 blah. And we're feeling guilty. We're, we're confused. We're hurt. We're, we're just in, in this really dark place in our life that literally lasted for three years. And, um, uh, but finally, one day, God brought into our life an old pediatric surgeon who said, you know what, I think I might know what it is. I think I've heard of this rare disease. Let me do a surgery and check. And sure enough, he did and came back with a name called Hirschsprung's disease. And as bad as the name was, all of a sudden, there was a sense of peace come over us because we at least now knew what we were dealing with. 
How many times in life you're, 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 you're anxious and you're upset because you're going through a dark time and you don't understand why you're going through it. You don't understand what's going on. And, 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 and so, but if you could ever go, oh, that's what the answer is, then all of a sudden a peace comes over you. I've had that experience with tests. You know, I'll be trying to figure out a test, a math equation. I'm going, oh, I can't figure this out. And then all of a sudden something will click and I go, ah, ah, I got, and all of a sudden the peace came. I go, right? Well, the Lord brought me here today to tell you that in the natural, peace follows understanding. But there is a supernatural peace that can actually come before understanding. See, whenever you turn to God in your darkness, he can actually give you a peace before you even know what's going on. Okay? In fact, that's one of the ways that you give him glory. Okay? Uh, so, for example, I was leading worship at the time whenever <clears throat> my daughter was going through all that. And every Sunday, I was there leading worship, just loving Jesus, giving God glory. And people were looking at me with amazement going, how are you doing that? It was because I understood. It was during that season that I understood Romans 8, 18. And that's this. For I reckon. See, God was from the south. For I reckon. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, I used to think that that meant when I get to heaven, I'll look back at all the trials on earth and go, oh, man, this is awesome. Not even going to compare what I went through. Not going to say anything about it. That's not what that verse is talking about. He says that, that um, for I reckon that the sufferings that we're going through will not be compared with the glory that God will put upon us to carry us through that difficult time. And the glory that he gives to us for those difficult times will astonish people around you. See, Paul said it this way in Philippians. He said, do not be anxious about anything but in everything with prayer and petition and with thanksgiving present your request to God and look at it the peace of God which transcends understanding you can actually experience a peace even before you fully understand what it is that God is trying to do in your life in fact in your notes I put it this way you can walk in a peace during dark times so great that people around you will actually accuse you of not understanding the circumstance. Wow. Haven't you ever seen people like that? They're going through hell. They're, maybe they're battling cancer. Or they're going through a, a painful divorce. Or maybe they lost a child. And, and you look at them and you go, how come you're not falling apart? And they go, I, it's just the peace of God. It's the glory of God. Can I tell you, it's easy to praise God and give him glory during the high times. It's much greater to give him glory during the dark times. Amen. Amen? And he says this, and I close with this. He says, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, Pastor Aaron taught us about the staff, you know, how he used it to kind of nudge the sheep back in place because we like to wander and keep drifting off. But can I, let's talk about the rod for a moment. How does the rod comfort us? Well, the main purpose for the rod was to beat off the lions and the bears and the predators that would come against the sheep. But some theologians, and there's some conflict in this theory, but there are many theologians that actually teach that, that if there was a certain peep, 
dear Jesus. If there was a certain peep that was kind of drifting more than often, more often than others. He was just constantly, every time he turned around, he was off away. And and he would actually endanger the other sheep to have to go find that one. And obviously, anytime he drifted off by himself, he himself was in great danger of being killed and destroyed. And if if every time the, the shepherd turned around, he was having to go find peep, that he would actually do something after a while that seems to be very unkind. In fact, it seems to be cruel. Some theologians say he would actually take his rod and break one of the lamb's legs. And then he would bandage it. And then he would take that little lamb and he would put it over his shoulder. In fact, some of you have seen the famous picture of the great shepherd. And if you look at that famous picture real closely at the leg, one of the legs has a bandage around it. And as is taught, that, that he would then carry that lamb, which, if you think about it, could be very, very difficult. Because probably the lamb weighed at least 50, 60, maybe 70 pounds. Could you imagine trying to herd a bunch of sheep carrying around a 50-pound bag over your shoulders? But he would carry that sheep on his shoulders for four, six weeks until that leg mended. And during that time, he would talk to that sheep. He would comfort that sheep. And there was a relationship that was so tightly bound together during that period of time that weeks later when he took the bandage off of his leg and he then would put the sheep down, the sheep for the rest of his life would always be right there underneath his feet because there was such a love relationship. And the sheep would begin to understand he wasn't being mean to me. He was saving my life. He wasn't being mean to me. He was demonstrating his love for me. And, and can I tell you, you may be going through a dark place today. And you may not understand what God is doing. Can I tell you, God is good. And he has good intentions for you. And if you will allow him, you can develop a relationship with him in this dark season that will actually strengthen your relationship and tighten that relationship and you will be forever by his side. Isn't that good news? Give Jesus praise this morning. As we close, before I release you this morning, maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching in another location or live stream and 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 you're away from God. You don't know Jesus. You've never asked him to come into your life. You've never asked him to forgive you. Can I tell you today could be the greatest day of your life. It's as simple as this. Acknowledging that you need a shepherd. Acknowledging that you're a sinner and need Christ to forgive you. Many in the first service already came to Christ this morning. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to ask God to forgive me of my sin and come into my life. If that's you, I want you to throw your hand up real high. All this, I just want to include you in a prayer. Real high, real high, real high. God bless you. God bless you. I see hands all over the building. At home, raise your hand. Type it in the comments there. Father, I just pray right now. You said that if we ask you to forgive us, you would do that that you would cleanse us from our sin, from all unrighteousness. I ask, Father, that you would remove all the guilt, all the shame. And, Father, that in their darkness, Lord, that they would find you very, very near to their heart. Come and take control of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, before I turn it over to Pastor Jacob, maybe you're here today and you're in a dark time right now. 
All of us have been there. All of us will be there again. But you're in that dark valley today. And you would say, Pastor, I, I need Jesus to come and shine his light down upon me. I need God right now to carry me through this dark time. If that's you, I want you not lift up one hand. I want you to lift them both up as a sign of surrender to the Lord right now. Would you do that all over this building at home? Would you just do that right now? I want to pray for you. Father, as little children welcoming their daddy home at the end of the day, we lift up our hands to you and surrender. And we say, Daddy, will you pick us up? Daddy, will you carry us through this hard time, this dark season? Would you bring comfort and peace that doesn't even make sense? It goes way beyond understanding. Would you carry us during this season, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you give Jesus praise all over this building? God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.